0: You're listening to the Word of Life AG podcast. Each week, a member of our staff shares a Devo, talking through a piece of our mission, vision, and culture. This is That Devo. Let's check it out. So we are going to look at a word that kind of popped into my mind uh, this, or maybe the past couple of weeks, and it was hunger. And uh, so, you know, I was kind of thinking about that, pondering on that, you know, as I was driving, I would think about hunger and, and a physical hunger, uh, spiritual hunger. So I want to just pose the question to you. What's the best meal you've ever had? Like what pops into your mind when you think about, oh, that was a good meal. Anybody have anything that pops into their mind real quick? Steak. Steak. Salmon, steak, salmon. I'd go for the steak. Oh, oysters on the half shell. Nice. Um, I don't. What's that? Halibut. I as, as long as we have a baked potato alongside any of those, yeah. I think. I think some of my favorite meals have been like either when I look through my cookbooks, it's all like meals I've had with friends, you know, and I don't know, it always seems to taste better when a friend makes it. Last night, I, I, I had one of uh, my favorite recipes, which is Jim Catrone's hot sandwich. And so it's very high in calories, very high in love. Um, <laughs> you feel it like the next three days. It is so good. It satisfies. And so I think about uh, when we think about that word hunger, uh, it can usually come with the anxiety or worry that's associated with a lack of food. And typically we associate hunger with food. Um, so, think about a time that you were really, really hungry. I think in America, like we don't miss many meals, you know what I'm saying? But I think about a time like you hear a friend's stomach growl, or maybe you hear yours, you're like, oh yeah, I'm hungry. And I think that a word that kind of associates with um, uh, uh, feeling hungry is that word empty. When I think about when I'm super, super hungry, my stomach feels empty. In fact, a synonym for hunger is emptiness. And I thought about how there was a time in U.S. history where we really felt Physical hunger. It was the worst economic turndown in our history. It was resulting from the stock market crash that was 1929 to 1939, a decade of hunger. And there was a survivor of the Great Depression that said, You, used to, you get used to hunger after the first few days, it doesn't even hurt. You just get used to feeling weak. Happy Devo this morning. Uh, I remember uh, in my grandparents' fridge when I was a little girl, there would be like, they didn't really have Tupperware back then. Dating myself, but there were these like little dishes that had the little glass top and um, there would be like 10 peas in a little dish. And I, I realized after time that was because they had made it through the Great Depression and nothing was wasted. So um, there's another type of hunger that can cause all sorts of issues and that's a spiritual hunger or a spiritual emptiness in fact I was looking through the um, in the copy room there's uh, the 10 characteristics of a healthy church I kind of just flipped through that this morning looking at the characteristics reminding myself again and one of them was spiritual dependency and you know I think about the opposite of that you know if we're not dependent on the spirit you know how hungry spiritually that would that would make us and so spiritual hunger is feeling deprived of of a sense of purpose, passion, pleasure, or joy in life. And we experience that spiritual hunger when we yearn for the Lord, aching for a deeper relationship with him. Now, I remember feeling this so strong when I was a brand new Christian, when I when I awakened to the goodness of God. I, I began to sense that need in my soul that I don't think I realized before. I was just trying to gobble up anything to fill it. But I remember that deep sense of being spiritually hungry for something real. And I've, I've noticed that as I've grown in my walk with the Lord, um, I, I, it, it scares me sometimes when I see that there um, is an ache in others that are, are also growing, you know, maturing in the Lord, but then but then not going back to the first love or not going back to the source on a regular basis. Sometimes I shock myself when I look at it, I'm, I'm like sipping milk um, when I should be eating that steak or that halibut. You know, it, it, it kind of can happen. We're, we're human and we're prone to wander. That's what the Word of God says. And kind of like feeding an empty Empty stomach um, with frosting instead of protein—that's um, that, that unsatisfied hunger, spiritual hunger in us produces sin. That unsatisfied spiritual hunger produces sin. I think uh, spiritual starvation is kind of another way to put it. It's like traveling like life's journey, a disengaged from the unique divine calling which yearns to guide us into a meaningful and purposeful life where we are lifted from our own self-centeredness and where, where we can live a life where we offer the gifts and the talents for the benefit of others. It's being a light in this dark world. And how do we do that without plugging into our source every single day? If His mercies are new every morning, that must mean I'm I'm in need of them every morning, um, and I recognize that I am. And and how can we go this walk? This isn't meant to be a weird, heavy, just a challenge to those of us that are growing and are finding ourselves in a place in the kingdom where God has given us a responsibility. We can't do this thing with being spiritually hungry. We just can't do it. I think it's wise to check our soul crave regularly, um, because you know as the years slip by and as we journey with the Lord for a while, we have to remember that we are. Continu- continually continually in need we haven't arrived on this side we are going to be human in our thinking in our behavior and if we're not filling ourselves with that relationship with Jesus with the uh, alignment in his word it's too easy to lose the grip the grab and uh, of of the call that he has on our lives Uh, we're never too mature or too involved in ministry to not tend to that spiritual hunger we have to continually tend that. So I've just got a few points this morning. The first one is baby food versus mature food. And this is going to be familiar to all of us. Hebrews five thirteen through 14 in the New Living says, For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Salad food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. People can call themselves believers for a long, long time and still be just surviving and spiritually on just milk. And here it is, God's word challenges us to grow up, to mature in our faith, and it's never too early or never too late to feast on a real meal. It scares me to think of letting myself go from a real meal spiritually because of the call that he's placed, the responsibility that he's placed on my life. I was in an antique shop this past weekend with my granddaughter, Savannah, and I saw some old, this is so weird, they were old meal kits from the military that freeze-sealed... If is that what you call it? They were sealed, and they had been sealed for decades. I was like, I want to buy one just to open it up. And Rob was like, You're not buying that. But um, you know, I wonder what it, have, what, it, what it would have been like to be out in the field for months or maybe years, surviving off of these freeze dried meals. Meals, and you know, did they forget what a? Did those soldiers forget what a real meal tasted like? Or maybe they salivated for a real meal. I think that could be like us you know as we go through life be careful not to eat the freeze freeze dried meal like you know for, for those that are putting together messages that message is is what God's going to feed you sure and feed others but that's not your time with Jesus you know um, are you uh, you know planning or prepping for something coming up you know in, in work and, you're, and, and your mind is drifted toward like Lord how are you going to use this That that's not our time that's not what's going to feed our soul crave right I was uh, reminded recently of Josiah from the Old Testament uh, actually over in Wilka Chapel uh Pastor Lisa and I were studying with the kids Josiah and uh Josiah was the 16th king of Judah in 640 BC. Uh, There had been evil kings who had gone before Josiah. In fact, God's people had forgotten God's law. They were worshiping false gods. The nation of Israel was thoroughly corrupt. Now, this bit of scripture honestly terrifies me. It terrifies me because I think of what God's people had been delivered from. They had been fed food that had fallen from heaven. How could they become so distracted by fluffy idols that they neglected and forgot God's ways that they no longer desired or sought out what would truly fill them I think it terrifies me because I could get there I could get there So Josiah was made king at eight years old. He was only eight. And like you and like me, he was given opportunity to influence with the one life that he had been given. Um, And so by 16 years old, it states in 2 Chronicles 34, 3, that he began to seek God the God of his ancestor, David. And then when he was 20, he began to wipe the nation clean of its idolatry, its worship of its false gods. And he was passionate about restoring God's people to a right relationship with him. It was a beautiful point in history. And I think my challenge, as I remember Josiah, is where is my passion? Am I looking to fuel myself with milk when I've grown in maturity, to choose a solid meal, knowing that I need that—that that it's a necessity—as I face the journey that God has before me. I don't want to forget that I'm in need every single day of filling that soul crave. Oh God, the the stakes are way too high. And then snacks versus meals. Uh, for physical nourishment, the experts can't really decide if three square meals are best or if snacking throughout the day is a better option. Um, but as far as uh, satisfying that spiritual hunger, uh, I love how the Apostle Paul puts it in Second Timothy. He says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot disown himself. God is always working in our lives. But if we don't spend time tuning our hearts to his voice, we will miss when he speaks so a devotional life is so important to feed that soul crave in us personal devotions will help us grow in maturity god promises that if we seek him with all our heart and soul we will find him and jesus says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest we're reminded that he's never gonna let us down we're reminded that he's always been faithful So, I'm gonna encourage each and every one of us, myself first and foremost, to spend our own private time with Jesus daily. The journey is too weary, the cost is too high to neglect that personal time that fills the soul crave. It may seem elementary to present, you know, in fact, I kind of even wrestled with that a little bit, but, you know, I've been, as I'm gonna say it again, I've been surprised sometimes when I'm talking to a mature believer and I just happen to say, hey, when's the last time you spent some time with Jesus? They're whacking all over the place and they were like you know i've kind of neglected that i think about my own life when i when i've kind of been surviving off that spiritual milk and it it, it the cost is too much we need to be spending time with Jesus regularly. Maybe it's tweaking what once worked. You know, sometimes I know for me, I can get in a rut. I gotta switch it up all the time. Maybe it's going back to the journal, cracking out the journal again, writing down, you know, maybe that worked at a time and it's it hasn't worked for another time, but then you crack out the journal again. Maybe it's like me. I've been uh, pretty verbose that it's been difficult for me to jumpstart my prayer life recently, and so I've, I've been doing a, a guided prayer every single morning that jumpstarts me back into his presence. I'm human. I'm prone to wander. I cannot neglect my time with Jesus we can never think that we've arrived or that we've been in our walk for so many years uh, because it can go along the wayside it become a it, it can never become a part-time gig if we're gonna leave our mark on this world for his name's sake, it's a necessity to intentionally choose to make our mealtime with Jesus a priority Psalm 34 8 says taste and see that the Lord is good oh the joys of those who take refuge in him almost to the end here food allergies know what to stay away from Matthew five thirty in the new living says this and if your hand even your stronger hand causes you to sin cut it off and throw it away it's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell in another version in the message it says this now get ready <laughs> sometimes i like to read the message just well listen Let's not pretend that this is easier than it really is. If you want to live a morally pure life, here's what you have to do. You have to blind your right eye the moment you catch it in a lustful leer. You have to choose to live one eyed or else be dumped into a moral trash pile. And you have to chop off your right hand the moment you notice it raised threateningly. Better a bloody stump than your entire being discarded for a good in the dump. Now, my, my son has a, a peanut allergy. It's a severe peanut allergy. It's detrimental to him to be aware of his what he physically eats. Uh, when we eat out at a restaurant, when we go to a coffee shop, he has to be very, very careful. I can't tell you the number of times we've left, whether because they've said, Well, I'm not sure if we use peanut oil, or sometimes he's just said, You know, I just know him. I, I just know for sure I can't eat here. I just know it. And um, so we, we quite often it, it'll be a journey, or he just won't eat if he's with friends. He's just say, I'm not hungry, but it's because of. He knows that what he could be ingesting could kill him. Um, So I wonder if we had that approach with our spiritual lives, how that might look a little bit different. There are things that are going to be toxic to us. There are people that are going to be toxic to us. And we need to be aware of what could be an allergy to our spiritual life. I kind of think of uh, the journey kind of like a road with guardrails. I know Pastor Randy had done a, a teaching one time years ago about, on guardrails. And I know there's a shortcut behind my development on Gaskin Road. And last summer, they were doing a lot of work on the road. We had to, we had to go the long way around. Oh, my gosh. Um, but they had shored up the guardrails back there. And I was actually really happy a couple of weeks ago when we actually had snow this winter. Um, going around that bend can be icy. And I, I thought to myself, I'm thankful for that guardrail that's been shored up so I wouldn't slip off and fall into the river. Proverbs nineteen sixteen says, those who obey the commands protect themselves, but those who are careless will die. Putting up guardrails in our lives to protect ourselves from slippery slopes is wise. It's easy to fall, it's a lot harder to get back up. And God knows that He gives us direction in His Word for what is good for us and what will lead us to spiritual emptiness. He's not a meaner, He's not a fun sponge. He's good and He's gracious. So be careful what we ingest because we don't want to make ourselves spiritually sick. And then finally, the responsibility to be conscientious of our neighbor and their food allergies. First Corinthians 8 13 in the New Living says, So if I if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again for as long as I live. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. Again, I think about this with my son. He's an adult now, but you know, growing up, we never had peanut butter in the house. It's just why? It's like poison to him. And it's the same way now. Um, we, you know, he comes back for a visit, there's nothing in the house or he would feel uncomfortable. Comfortable in his own home. Um, Sometimes people know that they need guardrails in their lives to keep themselves safe. And and I know if if you know someone who could slide beyond the rails and you have the power to be an encouragement to them by honoring their guardrails, then do it. Then do it. Be aware of the the allergies around you. Maybe it's listening to a certain type of music or watching a certain type of show. I, I have to be careful. Like, I have certain buttons that are triggers for me that are not there, or I have certain things that aren't triggers for me that are triggers for somebody else. I rarely recommend shows that I enjoy watching because it could be a trigger to somebody else. Um, I, I'm careful about what I listen to around people because you never know if that's a trigger or if that's going to cause someone to stumble. Um, you know, maybe it's hanging around with a certain crowd, abstaining from a certain ingestion. Maybe you don't have the same convictions or guardrails that or spiritual food allergies as someone else, but because conscious of your neighbor, because it's a responsibility that all of us have. God's word tells us in 1 Corinthians that love never fails, and you love someone well when you honor their guardrails. So in closing, we have one life to live, just one life, one life. Like today, when it goes, it'll be gone. And One life we have to live every day, every second, every moment that goes by, we have a choice and who will choose to honor and who will choose to to serve, who will choose to fill that soul crave with. So will you fill that emptiness in your soul with cupcakes and skim milk or will you intentionally continue to carve out that personal time to be with Jesus, to fill that personal hunger with someone that truly satisfies Because we are, if we're going to live a life, a full life, it's not really an option, it's a necessity. Closing off with Romans 12, 11 through 12. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reminder this morning that there's a hunger that will continually be within us. And we're not to neglect even a day from your presence. God, the cost is too high. The stakes are too great. The responsibility is too much for us to depend on ourselves or to rely on manna from yesterday. God, we know we need to have that personal time with you, to have that feeling from you, to have that direction from you. We need to stop, take pause and put ourselves in your presence. God, we thank you that you never leave us and forsake us. God, would you remind us by your spirit to be in your presence, our true source. God, we thank you uh, for your faithfulness to us. And we trust you for the ways that you will move today. In your precious name we pray, amen.